reference, you can look it up. Uh, but the verse says like this, Veshavtem uri'item. It's a kind of an insisting way of saying, look and observe and discern. Bein tzadik l'rosha, what makes a person a tzadik and what makes a person a rosha? Of course, this is not equal to my edition, but yeah. I'll say. And the verse continues and says, Bein oved elokim, between someone who is a so we now for the time being we're going to keep it simple but then we're going to see we can't between someone who serves God translate pretty literally like an Eved like a servant so Oved so he serves Elukim God so he's Oved Elukim he serves God La lo Avado and the one who doesn't right so he you also have it in English so in English you will, you will discern between the righteous and the wicked between the Oved Elohim and here on purpose, I did not translate it because you'll soon see why this will be the whole, the whole uh, development. And the one who is not, who doesn't, or who isn't, yeah, get that in a moment. Now, if I keep it literally or simple, as I as I just read it, so this verse in this case is repeating itself, because well, someone who serves God and is God's servant, then he's a righteous person. Unless we want to go into the exact definition of tzaddik, etc., but the general knowledge of a tzaddik, a righteous person, well, a righteous person is an Oved Elohim, and a, someone who does not serve God, well, that is going to be, in this, in, in, in Tyrus' perspective, the, the wicked person. Okay, we're not talking about wickedness from a, a, a criminal or social perspective, although they overlap. That's a different discussion. Just saying that in this case, the tzad, the, 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 these two lines are exactly the same thing. You'll see the difference between a righteous person and a not righteous person because it's between a person who serves God and doesn't serve God. Yeah, same thing. The person who serves God is a righteous person, while the person who doesn't is not the righteous person. As the Torah's message again and again. So comes Chassidut and says, no, those are four different people. You think it's just we're talking only about two categories and just repeating? No. You have four different people. Tzaddik, we're not going to define here, the whole definition of Tanya, but righteous to the extreme. Like, you cannot not be righteous. Rosha is the opposite. You read for that. But Rosha is the exact opposite. It's like someone who is completely out on the outs. But then you have something in the middle. People who are not Tzaddik and not Rosha. They're in the middle. Tanya will call them Bainini. But in that itself, you can make another distinction. You can make, make a distinction between those who are Oved Elikim, which are good, and those who are not Oved Elikim, which, which belong also to the category of bad, in a way, as you, you know a little bit of like, literature and poetry, so it's, um, it's belonging to the same part of the verse, meaning like good, bad. Good, bad, right? So, Ben Tzaddik, the Rasha. And Oved Lelokim, the Sherevada. The difference between a righteous person and a not righteous person. A person who is Oved Lelokim, a person who is not Oved Lelokim. And thus, we find ourselves with someone who is not a Rasha, but still belongs to the same category as a person that you should not follow. Because the whole point is, you shall return and look and meditate and discern. Veshav temur Meaning, learn to know the difference 
between what is right and what is not. That is the purpose of the Pasuk. Now we have to explain, what is an Oven Elohim so that I could know, what is it, how do I know that I'm not one of them and that I should better my ways? What, what does it mean to be an Oved Elohim? How do I know if I am an Oved Elohim, maybe? Because Tzadik and Russia, that was easy. It was binary, it was one and zero. You're doing the right thing, you're doing the wrong thing. Okay, that's easy, I know how to establish that. How do I establish Oved, welcome, welcome, nice of you to join us. Uh, how do I establish the difference between Oved Elohim and Asher So comes the Nimer, and the Nimer will now explain Bereshit Bara Elohim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bereshit Bara Elohim. In the beginning of the creation, Elohim created. Elohim created. Elohim is a divine name that refers to a level of spirituality that goes within nature and that, in a way, hides itself, can become so restricted and veiled <coughs> until it does not say its own name anymore. Only Elohim, Elohim does that. Yud Kevav. You want, if you want a, a little bit of a psychological profile, Elohim is a big-time introvert. <laughs> he can actually disappear in front of your eyes. They say, was the person sitting next to me? I don't think so. <laughs> and then you have a picture. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay, that person just so transparent. He can just disappear within himself. And another person who is extremely outgoing, right? The person even when that person is making a lot of effort, then that person doesn't talk all the time. Just with five seconds break, maximum. And that's when it's restricting itself. It cannot. It's not, it's not the Teva. It's not possible. Okay? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little trapped here because Teva is really key. I mean, you say, Havaya, Havaya Yudke Vavke doesn't have the capacity, so to speak, of Tzimtzum. That's the word in Hasidism. Symptoms means constriction, restriction, veil, to limit itself. Havaya doesn't have that. Yud Kevavke, the full letter name of God, is a letter is a name of power of flow. It's like telling the sun, can you be less bright? You can pull your shades, but you can't ask the sun to do something about his brightness. I am who I am. There isn't in the sun, in the guise of the sun, a feature that allows the sun to say, oh, you're sleeping, sorry, my bad. No, I'm going to try and try. I can't, the sun can't do that. He's, so that's Yusuke Vavke. Ki shemesh umogein, elokim. is like a shemesh, it's like a sun. You can't tell the sun to be less bright. Its whole, whole purpose is light and warmth and heat and energy. There isn't a feature in him that regulates it. Not possible. Elokim is the name of God, it's all God, okay? That's not right, the pluralism within, within the one. But Elikim is the capacity within the one, within God, to restrict himself. That is Elikim. And that is why creation was done by Elikim. Duh, of course, since it's all about Hashem being within creation without being seen. So that is a, is a, is a genius of Limiting yourself, being there and not being seen. So it's Elikim. 
So, okay, so when are we understand? So the nature of everything, every single object that exists in this world, takes its an energetical source and life, life energy, from the name Elohim. Even, even the lowest realms of spirituality, which are called Kalipot, which are spiritual entities that feel completely independent and that negate any origin within Hashem. I can explain it last week. Like, we are the people of the branch. We never ever had anything to do with no tree. Right? Remember that? Hey, that's the clippers. Like, we are the branch. And we are not the branch of anything. <laughs> we are just the branch. The capital B. Uh, so that's Klippos. We exist by ourselves. They don't, they don't, they, they, but Poyel, they do receive the highest, the energy from the tree, from Hashem, from Elikim. But they went, Hashem is so restricted in the energy that He gives to them that they actually own up the energy that they receive as if they were the makers of that own energy. You follow the reason? Self-made. Talk about entitlement. Okay? <laughs> or narcissism. We can go very far with this. It's like, this is for me, this is by me, to me. Uh, like, bufu, you know? By you, for you. Uh, like, it's like it's, it's me, me, and myself. And they actually fight Elokos, they fight the divine, because they know that the divine solicits in a way, okay, I know, I, know, I know the word is not going to sound very popular and not very PC, but still I'm going to say that solicits bittle, which in English could say solicits submission. But it's a healthy one, because the more you connect, the more you connect to your, pa- to your source, the more you will be completely you, because you are nothing more than what he is. You follow the less you want to be him, the less you're going to be you. So not being you is the best thing that you can be. You follow me? If Klippers think, I don't want to annul myself to Elikos, I want to be myself. But Kedusha self says, Kedusha Holiness says, but by annulling yourself to the Divine, you are just linking up with, with what you truly are anyway. You are nothing but the Divine. So by linking up with what you are, you're not becoming less, you're becoming more. It is by not linking up by what you truly are, that you will not truly be who you can be. It's by wanting to be just you, that you will not be you. Well, if you understand that your true you is Him, then you can be fully you. To be fully you, connect. So when I say the divine asks for submission, not guru-like, okay? Not, that's why I said it's not a PC word. So who's that about? Like, we're in 21st century. 21st century. It's not submission. It's, it's submission connection. Understand and acknowledge. And relate it. Because the more you're going to acknowledge and connect to it, the more you can become the fullest of yourself because you're going to connect to your source. Because you are nothing else than him. Clippers yeah. is the exact opposite. Clipper says, we the people. I'm not saying that we the people is Clippers. But I'm just saying, it's like all about independence. 
but I mean that we the people just clip as like a bad thing. I meant that in the part that like we and us. It's like I there's no master over us, then we. We are our own masters. And we are our own makers and we are only accountable to ourselves. That is the reasoning of Clippus. So they wanted this pattern so he asked him what? Well you came from somewhere. Nope. Self made. Don't acknowledge it. And now we're going to take it a step further. The domain of holiness extends only on things that openly acknowledge we are attached to Hashem, our Creator. Someone say, I am a Jew and I believe in one God. Bingo. There you have it. Anything that acknowledges or is being connected to holiness automatically escapes clipper. Automatically, so it's not in clipper. Because the definition of clipper, which is impurity, spiritual... It's very, it's, a very in, it's very difficult to define clipper in English. Because you would almost call it anti-divine spiritual entities. But you say but anti-divine, but spiritual. Who's spirituality? Oh, no, God. So what, what, why are they anti-divine? Well, yeah, yeah, that's the whole mess. Uh, like almost the kids saying to his parents, I hate you. Although it's not really the same. Uh, and because the kid says to his parents, I hate you, because he knows he is submitted and linked to the parent. That's why he hates them. Well, the clippers don't actually scream, I hate you, to God. Because, on the contrary, if I would scream to him, I hate you, that means I acknowledge that you have some kind of power over me. Right? I don't talk to you. Like, uh, I am my own. I don't, I don't need to hate you. You're not a thing enough that I should hate you. I'm just against you because I am my own person. Yes. Did you think of a cute uh, story? A friend yeah. of mine's little brother, when someone would tell him what he was, he was like a toddler, he would say, you're not my leader. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So they're, 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 yeah, I, I like that. I like that. They are anti-divine. I like, like, Hashem is not our leader. Hashem is not even our maker. Maybe, maybe a very long time ago, but not now. Mm-hmm. They could acknowledge, like, historically... Mm-hmm. Historically, but something must have happened. Oh, yeah, Big Bang, yeah, whatever. Uh, doesn't matter. But now I am my own self-made. So one thing, where are we going now? So I, I just gave you the two, the two poles. Either something openly acknowledges that it is Kedusha, then it belongs to Hashem. That it acknowledges that it belongs to Hashem, then it is Kedusha, holiness. Or something fights Hashem. But the truth is, and here is where we come to the key point in the mind, right? that there is a very, very, very big no-man's land between those two opposing sides. And the no-man's land is called nature. Nature as we perceive it. Spiritual entities have a knowledge and have a consciousness. Nature, physical objects, and nature doesn't have a consciousness necessarily, it's just nature. Just built in way of doing. And here we get, and here we're coming to it. What do I do with this gray zone? This gray zone doesn't say that it's against Hashem. But it doesn't say that it's for either. 
They're like Swiss. <laughs> Nazis? Hmm? Don't know. Never heard of them. Yeah, but they're doing bad things. Yeah, they do? I don't know. We, another word. No, no, no. We, you, you have their money in their account. Oh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, never did. I never will acknowledge that I knew. Uh, like, great zone. This is Teva. Teva, you saying Teva, saying, are you against Hashem? No, I'm not against Hashem. Oh, so you want you? Are you fighting? I'm not fighting. No, I'm not doing anything. I'm just. Oh, but you're saying you are yourself. Yeah, I am myself. Seriously. Ah, so you, in a way, in a implicit way, are against Hashem. Follow the reason, because you don't want to acknowledge that you are from Him. Well, I want to stay neutral. Yeah, but you see, this is the tricky part. In some instances in life, being neutral is a position. People would wish that being neutral is a non-position. But if I ask, who is in favor of Nazism? Seeing I'm neutral, that is already saying a lot. Because, the, I mean, it's, it's black and white. You mean, you're for it or you're not for it? Do you defend the philosophy? I'm not talking about the Holocaust, the philosophy of Nazism, which can be an ongoing debate with neo-Nazis. Neo-Nazis can maybe still believe in the superiority of a white race, etc., etc., saying, yeah, sure, Holocaust, oh, that, that was bad. They shouldn't have done that. Uh, but still believe in the political system. So we can have a debate. So you see, and then the person saying, I'm neutral, <laughs> no, you don't get to do that. There's no, there's no, there's no middle ground. You're either against them, or if you're not against them, well, in a way, you're supporting them. Meaning, you could agree with the idea. Like, is it a bad thing to kill all the Jews? Like, let's say, that's not Nazism. Like, have a debate? Is it a bad thing to kill all the Jews? If a person says, I have no opinion, eh, well, but that's an opinion. <laughs> Meaning, it could not be a bad thing. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> You can't say that. So you see where Teva, you could try and portray it as a gray zone, as Switzerland, etc., etc., but actually it belongs to Clipis. Like there's no such thing as a passive bystander. In a way, they, Teva seems to be passive bystander because they don't fight Hashem, but the sheer non-acknowledgement is, in a way, supporting the Clippers case much more than Kedusha's case. Right. I'm, I'm just repeating that idea. Not acknowledging that you are God's creation is fertile ground for the opponents to God and not helping in any case the side of holiness because you don't want to pronounce yourself in favor of holiness. Okay, so who benefits from your stand? Just think about it a moment. Nature said, I don't pronounce myself in favor of God. Okay, who benefits from this stand? Not holiness. Unholiness does, you see? Even they don't want to pronounce themselves. Yeah, sure, they didn't say they're going to fight it. But still, they very clearly said they don't support it. We can make political headlines with that. And that I work, and that's how you do a political headline. Yes, go ahead. Have is nature. So now, where are we getting at? We're getting at precisely this part. What does a completely, what does a person who is a true servant of Hashem do? He seeks out nature. And he <laughs> put 
He seeks out nature, Elikim, and he pummels it. Oyved. Oyved Elikim says this mimer, don't understand just a servant of God, no. Someone who will work like working leather, Oved Orot. Like someone who, how is going to work, how do you work leather? Pummel it. You have to hit it, you have to like knee it, you have to squeeze it. So you have to give it a certain sense of, because like, once it's off the body. Anyways, I'm not going to go into the fabrication of leather now. I'm, gonna, I'm an expert. But it's this idea that you, you want to keep on squeezing it so that it should stay flexible. So he says, this is the Oved Alikim. The Oved Alikim will be the person who will root out his nature. I mean, Because not nature, I can't root out the nature of the world but I can root out my nature. Meaning that on purpose, I go against things that are instinctive by me. And I seek them out, and I do better. Why? Because I know that instinct is nature, and nature, in a way, plays into Clippers' hand, belongs to Clippers. Although they might seem like a gray area, but they are more like on Clippers' side than on Kedusha's side. Now, what is so? So, wh- who will be the one who doesn't? Because you remember, our objective, our goal is to find a definition to those two that is not a repetition of the first line. Here we said the fully righteous with the fully wicked, and then we have someone who works his nature, and then someone who doesn't. But he's not a Russia. But then you don't have to say it. You already said Russia. So he says in this mimer something that may sound very, very harsh, especially for what is known as FFBs. Those who don't know what I'm talking about, it means from from birth. Uh, especially hard, because you can be here so easily. You can do Shabbat, you can eat kosher, you can marry Jewish, you can do everything right, but you're not really going against your nature because you're just doing what you are used to do. Now here comes the tricky part, because some people will say, okay, so is it better to do less? Is it better to do less, but at least with honesty, with MS, or to do the more even if it's just more like instinctive? Well, ask your parents. You see, when a parent, let's say, asks one of his children, can you take out the garbage? And let's say the child didn't want so much to do it, because if they go outside, maybe it's raining, whatever, it still has to be done. Okay. The parent could be annoyed by that, right? Like, hey, hello, you're living in this house, okay? You're not doing me a favor. It's your garbage as much as mine. Okay, we all know the drill. Uh, I guess so, okay? I guess, I don't know. If your house is like my house, I'm talking as a parent and as a child, so it works both ways. Uh, so, so okay, fine, good parent. Because the child was in his things, and maybe he had his slippers on, and I had to put on the coat. But well, he didn't. Not what he had planned to do. But yeah, sure. And I asked him to do. I'm going to do. But the parent wants it should be done. Like do it. I'm not asking you to do it with a 
like a whole smile and singing and dancing, okay, but you don't have to show me that you're doing it against your wishes. I mean, okay, you don't have to like, hmm. Like, I mean, just normal, just take garbage, throw it outside. Don't, like, don't make me feel bad, so to speak, right? Uh, but, I'm not asking you a simple question. Let's say your mother goes away for the day, okay, and Shabbos is coming up, and there's like loads of things to be done. And the child, the daughter, the son, doesn't matter, is a, is a partner. Because let's say there's a family event coming up this job. It's a family reunion. It doesn't matter. And there's like a whole list of things to be done. So the parent goes away and says, okay, listen, this is everything that still has to be done. Okay, going from the kitchen to the cleaning to, to the laundry, you name it. A household. Baruch Hashem, a Levitical household. You tell me, what does the mother or the father prefer? That the child should do only part of the list. But the part that he will do with a lot of chayas? Or that the whole list should be done, even though it will not be a lot of chayas? Oh, yes. yes, exactly. Because <coughs> at the end of the day, Shabbos is coming. Okay. I mean, sure, I prefer you. I don't know why you're pulling a face. At the end of the day, it is your Shabbos and it is your house. You get the, you get the analogy? So sure, I don't know why you're pulling a face. But you know what? If I would have to choose between you doing everything with pulling a face, or doing only half of the list, but being very happy. No, I prefer with pulling the face, which I still, I, which I still am not happy about, because I still think that there is lacking in. I still think that relationship-wise, zero, right? Relationship-wise, it's zero. Meaning, it depends what we're looking at. If we're looking on the relationship value, hundred percent better. A couple of things done with heart, then a whole list of things done with no heart. That is, if the purpose is the development of the relationship. But if the purpose is to get the house ready... Yeah, but maybe this instance, the parents want to have the thing, but in the long term, could be. And with Hashem, He wants both. I know. Hashem, He wants both. That's why there's no good answer. Meaning, what does Hashem prefer? That's why Hamaseho Iker. We need to get the house ready. That's the house. But I want to have a relationship. So I don't want you to pull a face. So David is saying to this person who is not pushing himself in no way, he's saying, like, you're not really in a relationship with me. You're just doing this because you found the note on the fridge. <laughs> exactly. So David is not happy. And actually, the minor is going to go even further. In the Pasuk, when we draw two big categories, as I told you before. In this verse, when I draw two big categories, look where he stands. On whose side does he stand? This is what I said. He is very, very close to Russia. Why? Because if Chazashalom one day, he will be challenged. He will have a, an ordeal in his life. Something will go wrong. Since he never pushed himself, he only did what he was used to. If something is going to rock his boat, Oh, he can flip there. He's not ready. No, he's doing tarimitzas because he was taught like this, and it's a good thing. Because again, he's getting the dear of the he's getting the house down. But comes Chasidus and says, "Watch out. Be careful, because you are in very dangerous company." Although, for the time being, I'm not blaming you because at the end of the day, you get the job done. I can't blame you. But be careful because inside it's shallow. 
And if something is going to push you over, boom. Are you going to go, uh, is the person going to go from FFB to OTD? Which happens. From I mean, what? From FFB to OTD. We love those abbreviations, right? What's <laughs> <laughs> OTD? Well, from perverse to up the dera, Meaning, why? Because... But on the other hand, but on the other hand, there is no so one but once and girls don't misunderstand the mimer. There is no other way of education that's starting FFB. It's not by telling a person, you know what? We're not gonna give you kosher, we're not gonna teach you Judaism. At when you'll be eighteen, we'll offer you a Shochanaruch. Yeah, that's gonna really work. No, it doesn't. Uh, so everybody will start like this. And this is why we learn Chassidus, and Chassidus also now watch out. You can go like this, or you can go like this. And to be sure you don't go like this, Chassidus, you have to start seeking out your nature. On purpose. Why? Because if not inside, you're very instinctive. And it could be that you're going to get pushed around. A lot of times if a person gets pushed around, then the whole system of values collapses. It was their values. It was their values in normal settings. Which also happens. Let's put Judaism aside for a moment. That is true also. One, one second. That is also true in society in general. And, and leaders of leaders of, of society all over the world, of nations, know that uh, uh, mass panic is a very, very dangerous thing. Why? Because people are educated instinctively to certain values of, of how to behave. But not a lot of people have actually worked on themselves, done uh, contribution, community service, given to others. We're like, they have just been brought up to be civilized. But the day is going to come that the radio or the television says, we're all going to die. Boom. It all flies out of the window. Why? Because the person was shallow inside by those values. Those values were just passed down almost instinctively. Educationally, he was told, talk nicely to people, behave nicely, so he just accepted those values and he grew up with them. And it will work as long as everything is fine. From the moment something is going to rock the boat, then we prefer not to be around. And that's why even leaders, politicians, etc., are afraid, not maybe also for their seat, I agree, uh, but also for the country that they're leading, that chaos, mean panic, can people, the values just go out of the window. It could. She had a question first. Um, what's the difference between a subject who their nature naturally is this way versus the person who grew up this way? Is that distinction? Okay, so it's not the object of the mimer. I don't want to dwell on it. I'm just going to recap very quickly what is said in the beginning of the mimer that a tzaddik is someone who has a soul that sees creation with God's eyes. True, by him that's nature, but that's a divine nature. So in his case, it's okay. Right, because he, he has nothing to revert back to. 
Yes. No, I'm saying he doesn't have to work on it because his nature is good. Is, 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 yeah, because his nature is all about proclaiming God all the time. That is his nature. So, that, so going back to the joke of last week, like if you have a very big tithe to do his kafya, right. Right, that, that's not a tithe that you have to go against. I mean, if your desire is to go against yourself, then that's a desire that you should pursue. And not, oh, it's a desire, so I should break that desire. No, not that one. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's hard against a teva, but it's hard against teva is okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't want, to really, don't want to dwell on sadik too much. Right. So, but, but for the Ovid, I will Yeah. Like, eventually, certain parts of him, like, they feel that he himself up at him. Eventually, like that, that last punch, like, got him. 100%. But he will be on the lookout. The Ovid, the Ovid will be constantly looking for a Lukim, okay? And he will always find. Because, remember the example of tzedakah? So, a person comes up to me in shul, and instinctively, my hand goes into my pocket. I find a one shekel. But then, when you're not Lukim, now you put your hand again. Take out the second shekel. What? Because, you took out one shekel. It's, it's, it's a coaching. It's like constantly training oneself to go beyond what I instinctively would have done, which would have been good. You see, here we're, we're talking about someone who is doing right. He's doing everything right. Yes, but he's not working on himself. He's not a vet that I keep. That, that is why. True. True, just that the tzaddik was dealt the right card. Yeah, I know. If you want, you could, there's a, um, I think it's, a, it's not so far from here. There's an office of complaints. Dakota. Um, <laughs> you, can, there's a, you can put letters. <laughs> it's not there. I agree. I agree. Because he also does. Yeah, true. Because he was dealt the good cards. Huh? He's an Oved Hashem. Actually, he's called not an Oved Hashem. He's called the Eved Hashem. Because he's already passed the Oved. He's an Eved Hashem. Eved Havaya. Okay, yes, I'm going to stand here now. I don't need the board anymore. Ma, for this question, yes. it's probably not related, yes. related to the, the mimer, but it's a little bit of a tangent. But there's definitely parallels in the mimer. We were discussing, like, a person who is nature is, like, they say, he's very close to Adam. Okay. How do you know when he reacts to something that it's not way that he's not holding himself back so much compared to how he would have reacted. You don't. You don't. So I, I don't want, it's not, it's not going to be a forbearing about middos now, about character traits, but I'm going to give you two references. One is a sicha of the Rebbe on Shimon and Levi, where Shimon and Levi massacred the whole city of Shechem, and eventually uh, Yaakov cursed them for that. So there is a very, very interesting development that is like completely out of the box in that Rebbe's um, talk. But the Rebbe shows that Yaakov acknowledged in the beginning, meaning condoned, not condemned, condoned initially. Initially he, did, he argued with them. Ah, what did you do? They answered that they had the right to do what they did and he didn't say a word. He kept quiet. So he condoned. It is only almost 30 years down the line, that he curses them for that. Why? Why now? 
And, and the explanation over there is because meanwhile there was the story that they sold Yosef. And that Yaakov called him back and said, I thought that you had done what you had done only because of divine justice. But then when I learned afterwards that you were the ones that out of jealousy and hatred sold Yosef, that means that you have an anger issue. And now I don't know if your killing Shechem was so pure. It seems so noble, maybe, or justifiable, at least, but now I'm not so sure that you were really animated by those intentions. Maybe it was just all your lousy characters. <laughs> that is very interesting. So, so true. You can't know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm going to say. And and the se- the second analogy is is that Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. I know this is this is actually can freak us out. She won't want to do the best we can. Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai said before passing away, I don't know if I'm going to Ghanaian or if I'm going to Gehenna. Hello? Okay, meaning we might just all quit right away. No. You don't know. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, why do people judge more? No, so what do you... So the Alter so Rabbi in Torah Aura explains that Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai was referring to hidden evil character traits. He says, I don't know if I always did right, because that's how I was taught. And I, I, I maybe never was challenged enough, although he lived the, the generation of the destruction based on English. Still. But anyway, but he's saying maybe there are still parts of me that I haven't refined, that I haven't worked on. And I, was, I never just never came across them, never realized that I still had it in me. Again, answer to your question. Can I know... You can't, you can never, ever, ever really know, especially, but I can give you a guideline that is given in the form of Musar, is never trust anger when it involves your person being hurt, being, uh, being touched. Even though you're 100% convinced that you're angry because the, the other person behaved in a very wrong way, but from the moment that you were the one that was being touched, you cannot trust your anger. You can become angry at a person's behavior when that person did something wrong to someone else. Again, not a close friend. You see, from the moment that you are linked, don't trust your anger. That's what most people say. Because you're too close to yourself. You're always going to tell yourself that you're doing this for the principle. No. You're going to tell, it has nothing to do about me. Yeah, whatever. Keep on telling yourself that. like this is, I, I'm talking about a principle. No, you're not. Meaning, because there are other principles that don't affect you, that don't get you so worked up. That's where Moses says, anger for oneself, one should never trust. Yes, and yes. I don't know who was first. I think, I think she, I think she was. Um, yes. Yeah, just, just going back to that, um, the shekel example that you had said, I don't know if we've gone over this already, but like, we were even talking about something else separate that may, <laughs> whatever. So when does like, so let's say every time you reach in your pocket, you give one shekel and then you were like, okay, today I'm going to give two shekel. When does that, like, become, like we were talking about the Tor- the guy who's studying Torah, he studies for three hours every day, but the, like the simple servant will study for four hours. When does it become like? Okay, you know the apps, you have, I guess, yeah. the apps of, of uh, you know, like, uh, steps or uh, whatever or burning calories. Mm-hmm. So you're going to say, I'm going to walk an extra block. 
Yeah. It doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to walk two extra blocks, but you're always going to be about, and I'll take the stairs, and I'll carry the box. Yeah. And you understand? You'll be always in this perspective of, yeah. uh, no, of, of uh, how do you say? Huh? In French, se fatiguer. Exhausting yourself, that's a little harsh. Like tiring yourself, putting effort. Pushing that's the like pushing, pushing yourself. yourself, thank you. Oh, is it, it's not about the block or about the stairs or about the boxes, it's about the perspective. You but start? like, when does it stop being it like. Doesn't. But like, you, every time is pushing yourself, so like. Yeah. So like, like today, you so give like, one shekel this whole week and you're like, wow, that's, that's, that's not pushing what I'm myself. Saying. If it's then one, then it's two, then tomorrow's be three and be four. Like when when does it stop? Then that I don't have any more shekels. And then you can also ask that having all kind of this halacha pilpil in your head. Like was it more to smart to give five shekels to one person? I don't know. Like or would it give a half a shekel to ten study, people? Like, like you study four hours every day Torah, and that, then you're like, okay, what, I'm going to start studying five. Like, I that's why myself. I'm saying you cannot, it's not quantity. Okay. You can't quantify it. That's so why I'm not going to say, once you give seven shkalim, yeah. so shmitah, no, it doesn't work that way. Okay. It's not about seven shkalim or about half a shekel. It's about the attitude, okay. meaning that you are constantly pushing yourself. pushing yourself and always catching yourself when you see, oh, this is what I was going to do because I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. When does something become do like huh? not, when does something become, what well, you were talking about this the other day, Batia, when does something become like, not a commitment, like, mm. like I don't even know how to explain. Like for example, like I wasn't always keeping Shabbat growing up, but now it's like not like second nature, but it's like oh Shabbat, okay. Like we were just talking about this too. Oh, like when does that? Like we were saying, like it's no longer really a commitment. It's just something I do. So like in other things, that's not really applicable though. Right. So you move on. Yeah. That's what, what I'm saying. saying that is why I'm saying that the wrong way to go about it yeah. is to start quantifying things. And, and create new boxes. But is that, is that like a bad thing? Like, like now it's not a commitment like anymore? No, it's not a bad thing. It's a good like thing, but, but, I mean, but so you move on. Yeah, it's something it's else. It's about, exactly, is what I'm saying. So it's not about the block, ah. it's about yeah. the stairs. It's not about the stairs, it's about, you get, it's a, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's about the principle of constantly doing more, doing more, that. doing more. Okay. Actually, the Rebbe once had a, a quote like this, he said, a, a, a um, I don't know if he said a chassid of mine, something like this, in those li- along those lines, is someone who has done today more than yesterday. Yes, go ahead. So, Tamar raised a point when we were saying, when we were talking <laughs> about, sorry, an anonymous person who doesn't want to be identified, when yeah. you were talking about... <laughs> That's too late. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not getting upset at something that's directed at you, said, like, what about if you're in a Can I become upset? Can I say, 
Seth. I, I heard your question, but I think we're going a little bit off topic because the topic here is not when is anger justifiable or not. The question is, how do I push my human nature? Meaning that even if, let's say, I would find myself in a situation where anger would be justifiable, I still would be having the goal of push yourself, push your nature. So the question is not now, and we can't open that, because it's very complex. And there's no yes and no answer. It's really, really, it's very complex. And Allah also talks about it because there's anger, and then there is anger, and there's irritation, and sometimes Allah will tell you when they stay away from a person, and, and so on, and, and so on. All kinds of things. But that's what I'm saying. That's, we're opening up a whole, literally, can of worms. Uh, it's true. It is. And, and it's not that it doesn't, it, that it cannot make, be the object of a class somewhere in the curricula, but it's not in this mimer. This mimer is not about establishing what is right and wrong. It's about saying, even if you think you're right, if you're doing it only based on instinct, on nature, well then push yourself, then change, and do more, do better. Yes. So and then I really want to start reading inside. We have 10 minutes, like 12 minutes left, so just to, so that, because I think that next week we're going to finish this minor. It should be the plan. Yeah. Well, if the goal is for everyone besides Sadiqin to become, like, in this service of God, to subdue their nature, doesn't the world just become gray, and is that a bad thing? Why gray? Like, if there's no anger, no sadness, no ex too excited, like, overexcitement. They can be anger, they can be sadness, everything has a place, all emotions have their just moment when they should and can appear. I'm not talking about that. But I thought you just said but I would that was a situation I, I, where it should appear. But the thing is that you will have joyous or sad or angry or very happy, um, uh, it's a good image, uh, bodybuilders. <laughs> See what I mean? No. Meaning people who have muscled themselves mm -hmm. in their character traits, in Avodat Hashem. They have, because that's right, they have muscled themselves all the time, working out, working out, working out. I once was a long time ago, as you can see, but I was I was taking classes. I went to the gym. So was this coach, gym coach, said like, if it didn't, if it doesn't hurt, it means you didn't start yet. No, <laughs> no, like I'm already exhausted. It didn't hurt yet. I was already exhausted. I was exhausted, but it didn't hurt yet. Like if it doesn't hurt, it means that you didn't start yet. And, and there is a logic to it. Meaning, when do you start working on your muscle mass? When it starts pulling on it. And that's when you feel it. Not in a pleasant way. And that's when, okay, good. Now you started, now, now continue. Okay, so if, if like you stop before, it's like you go on a walk 10 minutes, right? And 10 minutes, it's nice, it's better than just not walking at all, but 10 minutes doesn't count. Why? Because you'll see what happens once you hit the 20 minutes bar. You see? Now, oh, now you're talking. Okay, now, because now you start feeling your legs, start feeling your arms. Oh, now it's something. Now your body is going in overdrive. Because it's not used to be, to have to do that. So that what is true in our physical body, it's exactly the same in our spiritual body, which is our neshama, which is our nefesh, which is our soul. It's the same thing. Exactly the same thing. So, la shara shaloi avodai, 
Well, we'll eventually become a bee. See the parallel? If I make the parallel between the physical and the spiritual, so if the spiritual is someone who never, never exercises, so the physical would be a person who also never works out. So what will happen? He will become obese, even if he keeps the same way of eating, because once he hits 40s, his metabolism is going down. And if he doesn't start working out, then, well, just look at me. Uh, so, <laughs> the second reference in one class. So, <laughs> just saying, just, so, so, so he's going to become obese, so what's the big deal he's going to become obese? Oh, I don't know. You know. Well, that's, then it's a cascade, right? It can be heart problems, it can be liver problems, it can, like you want the whole catalog of problems that you can subscribe to when you become obese. Oh, this is like, you see where it's going? The person was eating healthy. It's not working out. So what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that you're going to become fat, and so, so, so you can die. <laughs> you know, it's, oh God. So the, the, <laughs> no, no, no one. The guys, you're Baal Hashem, you're very young, and your metabolism is perfect. I'm talking about. I'm, th- I'm talking about things you sh- people have to start worrying about once they hit 40, 45. Uh, that's you know because the metabolism uh, they suddenly start getting. Uh, um, they study start getting fatter and they eat this, they have the same eating <laughs> patterns and well that is a problem they have the same life patterns but they don't have the same uh, organism anymore as before yeah it seems like what you're saying is this is also about what you do before you're 40 meaning it when, is. when it's your metabolism true. is fine it's it, true. do you establish a pattern of being ha- a little keen little 100% hot? because <clears throat> then when you turn 40 are beca- you going to end up because and, and, and again you see that now going to be the third reference, and I'm going to take myself <laughs> as an example. If you do not have it in your lifestyle to work out and exercise, start doing it at 45, 47 it is not easy. Because not, it's not part of your way of doing. Like, you know, I never did this before, why should I start now? The difference is that begashmios, physically at least, you can see it physically. Spiritually, you won't even see it happening. It's gonna, uh, spiritually, I mean. Spiritually, you won't even see it happening. Well, I, I, under your radar. Physically, your body, at least when you have eyes. Okay? So you can see it happening. But it's still going to be very hard. Because indeed, if a person has a healthy lifestyle and is always working out, working out doesn't mean like, it could be just running, walking, swimming once a week. It doesn't matter. The principle of working out. So if this is his lifestyle, then okay, coming in his 40s, he will continue that because he knows how to do that. Yes. How would you like introduce these exercises into like a child's education or on a spiritual sense? Because like you said, the education right starts no, off no, with different, that. No, different. Then it's difficult. This is when the person has to start acknowledging their own abortion. That's when the shift starts. Child education is just that you know how to do it and it shouldn't be difficult for you to know how to do it. The child education. You can maybe teach the message, but it's not really going to come across. You can't make kafia and holding back. Um, but there are things. There are things that even the Alter Rebbe and Tanya says that are so easy to do. Really, so easy to do. Like simple things, like I want to eat something, and and I, I like eat an ice cream or something that is like really, really a, a kind of a loss, a desire. Okay, I don't. 
so the, like the highest form would be to deprive myself but not please food is love don't li listen to nut nutritionists food is love uh, listen to psychologists they will explain to you so uh, nutritionists will tell you it's not this, because I saw it, and I, I saw it once on the anatomy nutritionist. He said, "This is food, not love." Oh, go talk with my shrink. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 they might disagree, because there is such a thing. There is such a thing, and we all know comfort food it can be ice cream or chocolate or whatever. It doesn't matter. Any food can be comfort food. But what can you do? What can you do? You can decide to wait two minutes. No one is taking it from you. Five minutes. Wait. You want to eat this? Eat it in five minutes. Say, so, well, I'm just waiting five minutes for nothing? No, not for nothing. For self control. For Oiva de Lekin. For the principle of pushing myself. But then it would also become a nutrient. Don't worry, you'll find the steps that I said. Blocks, steps, blocks. Below, you'll find. Okay, as a child. Yeah. No, I said, no. I said, I said as a child, I don't. I don't see some of these things in Chinuch. Maybe a little bit here and there, like basic self-control. Like, we're going to have this after the meal. This is the difference. What's the difference? going to have the dessert after the meal or before the meal? It's the same thing. Right? So we do it a little bit. We do teach children self-control, all kinds of things. Yes, exactly. But it's not that the, we don't teach children the avoid of Eva de Likim. Right? We don't teach children... It seems not here. <laughs> Two? Why would you do it to the child? It seems not fair. No, a child, because because you do want to learn him to have a pattern, to not let not right away indulging himself in an immediate uh, 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 desire. Any parent, like this, has nothing to do with Judaism. This is education 101. Education 101. The parent wants to teach their children to be able to to control themselves. Not because, because it's not because you see something that you can take it. It's not yours. I'm sure. Yeah, but, you, but it all goes together. Because if a, if a child did not learn to control himself, then he will take it. And the stealing aspect will be completely lost on him. Because he is like so into, I want, I get. So yes, a parent will teach the child, no, you want, I know. But you'll have to wait. Or this is not yours. You'll get it when we get home. Or whatever. Oh, not now. Now we're flashing. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an easy one. Uh, okay. But it works. Fine. Eventually, you, you, you decide when you start doing it. Now when he's two or three. But eventually, five, four, five, six. They know we're flashing. This is milchik. So you start giving. Okay, we didn't read inside. And I do want to finish the class. As I'm, so I do want to read a little bit inside. Okay, it's just... And I'm just reading inside what we said. It, I am in... Um, so page Zosha Page, yeah. So the one who have the English, it's a uh, no, no. Actually, no. I want to go one more. Uh, no, Perush. No, okay. So now I have to go back. I'm sorry. Perush Kumilashon Orotavudi. 
Yeah, and so maybe next class we'll do a little bit less Chavursa, but at least I should read those couple of lines. You have it, Upero Shevetadikim, with the English, it's on the page uh, something. <laughs> and on the other ones, it's on the page something else. Uperush of Edelikim, the explanation of Edelikim, whom Milashon Orot Abudim, it's like we know the expression, a, a processed leather, I mean skin. Lashon Tikkun, meaning that they were that they were fixed, they were processed. I know. So what does it mean of Edelikim? I know meaning Shemetaken Nebuchadnezzar Shemelikim that the person fixes. The name Elikim. What do you mean you fixed the name Elikim? Well, Elikim, Elikim is numerically equivalent to Hateva. Both have the number 86. Afterwards, you want, just put it down on the board, you'll find it. So when a person will suppress his bodily nature, that comes from Klipas Noga, from a clipper that is not opposed to Elikus, like I called before, the Swiss, right? Meaning, he's not, he's clipper snake. I don't declare myself against Elikus. Yeah, but you don't declare yourself in favor, so you are, so you are clipper. So you belong to unholiness, because you don't, you refuse to declare yourself in favor of, uh, of uh, holiness. So when a person will fix that, the Nichla B'Shem Elikim the Kedusha, that now the, that klipa will be absorbed into the Elohim of Kedusha. Kedusha is when the, Hashem's name is acknowledged. And the person will do this, both through suppressing himself, forcing himself, in all matters of of turning away from evil, with all the details, that namely, if we're talking about pleasures, desires, the tanugim, the lashon hara, or gossip, or achilas, <coughs> and bringing forth uh, uh, like private, yeah, no, no, gossip, yeah. yeah, gossip, yeah, different kind of gossip. Uchai gavna, and all kind of similar things. So when a person will control himself. And will suppress his desires. Then the natural, the nature that is in the klipa will be subdued, will be submitted. And there will be more power in Kedusha. And I want to finish with the example that I gave you last week. Remind the example, remember the example of last week. The, the balloons that are connected with little uh, tubes and when you sit on one balloon you're pushing the air out of it but thus inflating the balloon from which it stands See that? like I'm going to sit on the last balloon but everything I'm not going to pop the balloon I'm going to squeeze the air out of it so that our air is going to go back up the system and the, the balloon before is going to now be more inflated which is exactly here when you Go against your nature. Every time you go against your nature, you strengthen your neshama. You know, we all have instances in our lives where we regret 
that we did certain things. But not, it's not only that we regret. It's like we don't even understand how that could have been possible for us because we were so clear in our head about what was right and wrong about what, what should have been done and not been done. And then, boom, out of nowhere, we fell. We did something that, like, even in our own consciousness, was like, no, never. And then, oops. What, like, where? It's like, and then we used the word by accident. It's like, it was an accident. It was an accident. Why do we use the word? Not just to give us a ghost conscious, because that's how we feel about it. Like, we, we can't make sense out of it. It doesn't make sense in our mind. Like, I, I, I don't know why this. So, you see, here in this mind, we have a little bit of an inkling of what could have stopped it. Bra having breaks. Because when you have an instinct that is not controlled in other things, then one of those days, he's going to play tricks on you. Yeah. Yeah, that would not be good. I know, I've said it before. It's true. That's why Hashem gave us mine and gave us well, Hashem, other people around us to talk to and to consult with. And especially people who have knowledge and have life experience, etc., etc. Um, so, yeah, but true. You shouldn't go on suppressing things and no, don't suppress that. <laughs> That's a good thing. But I'm just saying the thing that when you ask yourself, how come I was able to do so and so, whatever it is, we all have those kinds of situations. The answer is, because your instincts are not so under control, duh, you're not working on yourself so hard. If you would be working on yourself so hard, then you would have had breaks. But it comes to certain situations, that, uh, nope, no, 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 turn around. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you.